Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Throughout her school years, Amy Thwaites was very aware of the significant figure her GP mother had become in the community. Her mum was to become her mentor and role model when Amy finally chose medicine as her long-term career. But it took a while to get there, with various other career deviations along the way. Not all successful. As Amy tells Heather Dawson, medicine wasn't anywhere near the radar while she was still in school. So, what was? In high school, I was really interested in performing arts, actually, and I auditioned around and tried to get into an acting school, and I didn't manage to. So my backup degree was a language degree, actually. So I started my first degree in languages, and then I had a bit of a panic halfway through that because I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher, and I didn't want to be a translator, and I didn't know where I was going to end up. So I panicked and I dropped out, and then I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now? And so without really thinking about it, I just saw a nursing degree advertised somewhere online and applied for it and got in and then panicked because then I thought, oh, I've got to do nursing now. (laughs) And then in a couple of months into my degree, I went on my first placement and was exposed to the hospital environment for the first time. And A, I really loved it. And B, I thought, I think I want to be a doctor, not a nurse. So That decision, determining that that was what I wanted to do, meant that I could make decisions from there on in to direct myself towards medicine. But it was funny because when I told my mum that I thought I should do medicine and become a doctor, she kind of laughed and said that she'd always expected it from me in some way, but never wanted to push me towards it when I was younger. Would you call her a mentor, though, once you decided to be a doctor? Yeah. Did you have others? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in regional Victoria, and my mum's an incredible rural generalist. She's done extra training in paediatrics and obstetrics and is a fantastic mental health GP, works in GP education and local health governance. Seeing the array of hats that my mother had to wear and I guess the kind of depth and meaning of having that kind of doctor in a small country town left a really significant mark of what I think a doctor should be, not just in their career but in their community. She's such an incredible role model for me, and particularly I think as a young woman as well. Seeing that kind of female role model in my life has been pretty amazing. I've definitely met other inspiring doctors along the way, but there's no one that's sort of been such a constant mentor and role model as my (laughs) mum. Well, when you decided to apply for medicine, Amy, what were the first steps that you took? You mentioned going into nursing first. So I decided that at that point I'd already done a few years of university and I'd rather finish a degree and apply postgraduate rather than drop out again and try and get an undergraduate. So my first step was to look into the exam to get into postgraduate medicine, the GAMSAT, which I sat first in my second year of nursing. You can sit it in your ultimate or penultimate year of your undergrad. That was a real challenge for me because given that my interests in high school were performing arts and humanities and language, I never did science subjects. So they say to sit the GAMSAT that you should know year 12 physics and first year university level chemistry and biology and I hadn't done any science since year 10. So my first step was to spend a summer inside 
studying science at a very basic fundamental level. I'd been taught a very small amount of biology and anatomy in my nursing degree, which I found really interesting and actually really exciting to understand, but I had to go much deeper to prepare myself for the GAMSAT. So I sat that in the second year of my nursing degree and did much, much better than expected, even though it was a real ordeal. (laughs) And then I'd planned to sit it again in my final year of nursing, so I did. And then I expected that I might have to go anywhere in the country that offered me a place in medicine, so I just applied everywhere and waited to hear. How many universities did you apply for, Amy? And any tips for the people listening to us now about the application or selection process? So I actually had a really horrible time with the applications. I had planned to apply pretty much everywhere apart from Sydney University because it was a separate application and you had to pay. And I was in the middle of my third year nursing. It was all practical and I was on this really tough mental health placement at the time when all this was due. And so to apply for postgrad medicine, most of the universities in the country, you apply through a website called GEMSAS. But at the time, I don't know if things have changed, it's a pretty out-of-date website that couldn't handle the kind of traffic of people trying to apply to medicine, and it was constantly crashing. Anyway, I applied to all of the universities that were on that website, including writing up portfolios and essays for some of them. And meanwhile, this website kept crashing, and it was really stressful, and I was just chipping away at it every night when I got back from my placement. And then I thought I'd completed my application and I got to a page where I couldn't progress any further and it just told me to post in some letters of evidence of various things. So I thought I'd done it and in my head I mentally ticked it off and just focused on getting through my placement, getting through my assignments in nursing. And then when I finished that placement, I sort of realised suddenly, oh, I never got an email confirming my application. So I looked into it and I'd actually... It hadn't uploaded properly. I'd not managed to complete my application and I hadn't applied anywhere and I sent lots of emails asking if there was any way around it and everyone said, no, sorry, try again next year. But the Sydney Uni application was still open because it was separate and so I thought, oh, well, look, I just want to give it a crack so I'll pay the extra money to apply to Sydney Uni and I'll just see what happens. And I tell you what, when I got offered an interview, I was so surprised. (laughs) So in the end, I only applied for Sydney Uni, but I planned to apply everywhere. (laughs) Did you go through any specific entry pathway? Yeah, so I'm a rural background person. So that's probably one of the reasons that Sydney University was good for me, because they give a particularly generous rural disadvantage. Advantage. So I'm a rural bonded student, which means that I have to work in a rural area for 12 months, I think in the first 10 years of my career which is very easy for me being a country person who wants to be a country doctor. The GAMSAT, you've spoken about that already, Amy. Can you tell us a bit more about the exam from your perspective and how you prepared for it or any advice that you'd offer around the GAMSAT? It's a really tough exam. It's a really difficult experience. One of the things that shocked me was how stressful it was on the day. So I sat at in Melbourne at Flemington Racecourse with about 3,000 other people and the exam itself is six hours but I spent 12 hours, 13 hours at the testing centre because it took an hour and a half for that many people to just filter in and find their seats. It was really sort of a phenomenal thing to put us all together in one room instead of split it up into smaller testing centres which would have been much easier and the traffic was terrible too. (laughs) So that was really stressful. It's meant to be designed to allow you to showcase different strengths and therefore let 
people who have different skills and different strengths into medicine and allow them to get good scores, right? So there's a written comprehension section, an essay section, and a, a science section. So my score was markedly improved by excellent marks in the in the essay writing section. I think a lot of people who come from science backgrounds and are really practiced at doing science exams really struggle with that section. For me, that was so easy and I felt very comfortable in that section. So I do have a tip for that section in particular. I don't feel so qualified to give tips for the science section because I really struggled with it. But with the written section, I found that having a some kind of structure or approach that you can apply to any question is really helpful. So the one that I used is thesis, antithesis and synthesis. So because the topics are generally philosophical or ethical and they're not really questions, they just sort of give you a stimulus and you can write whatever you want. So having this structure that if I was stressed, I could just say, okay, I'm going to present one point on this topic and then I'm going to present a contradictory point on this topic and then I'm going to present a synthesized argument. really gave me a framework that I didn't have to know what my synthesis was going to be at the beginning. I could just start writing and I could go from there. And I also think that I tended to bring in personal things or anecdotes or even something creative into my answers because they don't actually request essays. They don't say how you have to write your response. So I remember in one of my responses I wrote a poem as part of a larger piece. It seemed to reflect really well in my marks. So (laughs) what I would say is be a bit flexible but have a framework. And then in terms of the science section, which I think is the hardest and stresses people out the most, they give really long stems in the questions to allow you capacity to use logic and reasoning and other knowledge to find an answer even if you don't know the content that it's questioning you on so my advice for that would be if you don't know the answer don't panic and stress out and sort of cross it off as a one you're going to miss read the question really really carefully and pick out every bit of information that you can from that and write it all down do some calculations extrapolate it to something else that you do know about and see if you can come up with any answer Because I think they do want you to be able to find a way to get the right answer, even if you don't know the content. And then beyond the exams, what about the interview process, Amy? Did you prepare a lot for that? How did it go? I prepared a bit. I felt much more confident by the time I got offered an interview because I feel, personally, I feel more confident in my interpersonal skills than I do my science skills and my exam skills, or at least at the time before medicine. So... I actually applied the same kind of structure that I mentioned previously to my interview responses. So again, they're sort of really broad questions, at least at the University of Sydney. I know it's different. Some universities do situational judgment things, but for the Sydney interviews, it was sort of, you're presented with a problem and you have to talk about it. And it's very easy to be unstructured and to go off on tangents and get a bit lost and forget what points you wanted to make. So I applied my thesis, antithesis, synthesis structure to interviews as well. And again, I felt that it was really received well if I brought something personal into it, an anecdote, a story, something I'd experienced in my life. I did practice, and I think that was valuable. I practiced with a GP, a colleague of my mother's, who offered to practice with me. And he actually does interviews for the College of General Practitioners. So that was really useful. He gave me some great tips. But I think... You can practice with anyone because the practice is more about you than about the feedback. It's more about you being able to respond quickly to a new question, for you to apply your structures to those questions. 
Well, some people actually have quite enjoyed the interview process, you know, that we've spoken to. Did you enjoy the interview process in the end? I felt like I would have rathered one longer interview where I could have gotten to know the people interviewing me and built some kind of relationship with them rather than the series of mini interviews. It was quite stressful. It was stand outside a door, a bell rings, you go in, you read a thing, you've got two minutes to write it down and then you've got to talk and then before you finish a bell rings again and interrupts you and then you've got to walk out and walk to the next door and it's a very strange environment to relax into. There are a couple of questions that I did enjoy. I can't remember them off the top of my head now. So much about the attitude in a room depends on the people in it. And if I walked into a room and the interviewer was smiling and friendly, I could really relax into the answers. Whereas other rooms I walked into and felt like they already wanted me to fail. (laughs) So I wouldn't say I enjoyed the experience overall, but there were little moments within it that I thought were interesting. Well, you're now studying at a rural clinical school campus in Dubbo. Has your clinical experience in the rural area been different to your metropolitan experiences? Yeah, definitely. I was really keen to get out of the city and come to the country. I think three years in Sydney was long enough for me. The Sydney University course is structured with two preclinical years and then two clinical years. My first clinical year was at Westmead Hospital in Sydney, in Western Sydney, which is a very densely populated part of the city, very busy, quite challenging medically in a lot of ways because of the demographic there. Lots of people from socially disadvantaged backgrounds, lots of people who don't speak English as a first language. And it made the medicine quite interesting, but it was a very chaotic environment and super subspecialised because it's such a big hospital. There's no such thing as a general rotation. My general surgery rotation was with very subspecialised colorectal surgeons who did about two different procedures and that was all they did because that's how the city works. I think the country is a better place to be a medical student because What medical students need when they're going into internship is a broad knowledge of everything and we don't need that much depth in anything yet. So that's what country medicine really gives you. So I think it's the best foundation for a good internship. But equally, it's just so interesting. It's been lovely to move out to Dubbo and get to know a different part of the world. I've not spent much time in Western New South Wales in the past. I think being a medical student in a smaller hospital, everybody knows who you are Everybody cares. Everybody cares that you're there. In the city, people talk about patients having student fatigue where they've got student after student coming in trying to examine them or talk to them and it's very tiring. And that's medical students, nursing students, that's people doing their vocational training within medicine and things like that. But out here, everybody's really excited to meet a medical student from the University of Sydney. They think it's fantastic that we're here. They ask you if we're going to stay. <laughs> So the patients don't have that student fatigue, but I think the same sort of principle applies to the consultants, to the doctors here in the hospital, that they're much more excited, that they've probably been told by some of their colleagues from when they went to medical school, why would you go out to Dubbo? You'll never do anything out there or it's such a backwater or that sort of thing. But when they get medical students, they're really excited to be part of that teaching tradition of medicine, that vocational teaching tradition. It means we see them at the pub or at the supermarket. or <laughs> And I think that's really nice too. Before COVID stopped a lot of these things happening, half of the hospital would run the park run every Saturday morning here in Dubbo. So it's a really nice environment. And I think rural medicine is really interesting and you get to really understand, I guess, determinants of health that you just don't see in the same way in the city. 
distance being the big one, but also occupational health, much more interesting here in terms of farmers and miners and that sort of thing. And uh, don't regret coming out here for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you sum up your overall experience then, Amy, of applying for medicine and any messages you have for others listening to you now about that experience? Applying for medicine can be quite complicated and difficult, but I think if people really want to do it, they need to find a way around the crappy websites or the challenging interviews or the awful gamsat (laughs) because the rewards are most definitely worth it. I think that people, particularly from a rural background, might find the challenges slightly different, even just getting to a testing location to sit the gamsat in some places. But if you bring that sort of personal experience into your application process so for example essays and the interview and things like that that tends to go down really well and I also think medicine is hard so the medical degree is hard the career is hard it's challenging on personal ethical and intellectual levels so getting into it is similarly hard and I think people who are thinking about pursuing medicine should consider sitting the gamsat and seeing how hard it is and seeing if for them it feels worth it because it's a very involved and exhausting pathway to go down if you don't ultimately love it. So I think testing the waters and trying it out and not committing to the idea until you've given it a little bit of a go can be a good way to go about it. But ultimately, if it's your passion, if it's your dream, if it's what you need to do to be happy in your life, you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Final question then, Amy. Is there anything about medicine that you could never prepare for? Getting a better understanding of what a privilege it is to be allowed into people's lives and into their intimate relationships with themselves and their children and their partners and their relationships with their bodies. And we have this incredibly bizarre and privileged role where we can come in and ask personal questions and look at every part of someone's body, including the insides. When you get these moments where you sit back and reflect on what you've been able to do that day, the impact you've made on somebody else's life or the impact that somebody else has made on your life, there's no way that you can prepare for that. There's no study, there's no teaching. And as much as I applaud medical schools for trying to include some of this kind of education in the degrees, the best way for students to learn that sort of thing is just to go out there and be present and be not just physically present on placement but emotionally present and available to experience things with their colleagues and with their patients. That was Amy Thwaites from the University of Sydney Rural Clinical School, Dubbo. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.